It's episode 1053, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from a hotel somewhere in California, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. You can see the, the beautiful skyline. Well, the sun isn't up yet, but uh, you can see LA back there. <laughs> there it is. You're in LA. It's very early here. Very early. That's how committed I am to you guys. <laughs> Please forgive the uh, uh, AirPods uh, recording quality. Um, from Nashville, Tennessee, our managing editor downtown, Emily Brown. Hey, y'all. Derek is still out on tour promoting his new album. If he's coming to a city near you, you should go hang out with him. And back, we missed her last couple episodes. From Austin, Texas, podcaster, speaker, author extraordinaire, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Thank you. Where were you? I have been, I don't know where I was last. I feel like I was here last she week. Was, you were here last week. I was here last week. You, just, you were here you, last you're week. Still, yeah. You're still, the, the missing me is still rolling over from the earlier weeks. <laughs> you you were gone for so long. I was that, gone yeah, for you're so right. long. It's residual missing. That's, Which you're I appreciate right. that, Cameron. I'm not going to lie. So thank you. It's true. Yes, yeah, true. All right. Well, we have a great show in store for you. Uh, Zach Boland from the band Citizens, one of our favorite groups. It's coming up later today. Um, we also have your feedback at the end of the show. It's a good one. Um, and Relevant Buzz is coming up. Jesse, what are you doing in California? The weather is terrible. People are avoiding California. There was a there was a tornado in East LA yesterday. Prop was texting me. Roofs are getting ripped off. People are fleeing wow. the city right Funny. now. You know, I'm so I'm I'm working a a production here, and we it's funny because I was actually in a, the, a penthouse loft suite, surrounded by windows, in downtown East LA. And observing the weather, and I was getting texts about this tornado, and I was like, "Everyone, there's a tornado! Let's go try to find it." And we could not see it. But uh, I will say this: it, though it has been unpleasant to just walk around. Like usually, when you fly, you, you go to uh, uh, California, sp- specifically Southern California. You're like, you know what? At least I'll spend a lot of time just walking around, just soaking up that California weather. It has been awful. Like, I mean, just a downpour. I mean, it has turned like the the, the streets of downtown LA into like, um, you know, that, that part, it looks like Gotham city in the rain. Like everyone just hunkered down running. Like people are like afraid of the rain here, you know? Um, but I will say this, it made for very dramatic skylines for our, 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 our shoot we're doing because I mean, these clouds rolling in behind the clouds, but, uh, but yeah, it's been, it's been, uh, not what you picture for Southern California, the weather. And also this is, this is how bad it was. I, I wanted to go like walk around, you know, the other day because I had I, I had a little bit of time between things. And I was at have you guys been to the Grove in LA? Of course. Like the yeah. uh It's a great little celebrity a little celebrity people watching spot. Like Exactly. That's what I was thinking. Well then it starts downpouring and I'm like running. I ended up at a, a cheesecake factory and oh, that was my big LA. I had nowhere I could, I had to escape into the closest place because of the downpour. So I ended up, even though I'm in one of the great dining cities of the world, I ended up at a cheesecake factory eating sliders at like. And that's where you ate dinner? I did. I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> Were there any celebrities dining at the cheesecake factory? No. Okay. No, let me clarify. The, the Grove isn't a place to see actual celebrities. The Grove is a place to see that guy that was in that thing that 
that time, <laughs> that that's time. kind of a right. celebrity. Oh, uh, so like, like, a, reckon, like, an, like an E-list yeah. celebrity. E-list celebrity <laughs> is eating outside at the Grove as you walk around the Grove. If you want to see real celebrities, you have to go to like Nobu up in Malibu and stuff like that. But but yeah, like yeah, the but, Grove is really good for like, I hey, there's a... There's a person that I recognize, kinda. I think like, I've that, seen them. Yeah, yeah. That's the growth. It's it, it's like if you ever watch like a Die Hard movie and like a henchman. Like, yeah. didn't you? Didn't yeah. you get killed? You're by the Bruce guy. Willis by, You're the guy from the thing with the, with yeah, the fire hose. Yeah, threw yeah. Off. Oh yeah, yeah. Cool yeah, man. Yeah, yeah that's how's me, it going? Man. I mean, yeah. yeah, you know, do a lot of Netflix, you <laughs> Netflix originals that's, now. That's the Grove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, anyway. but uh, yeah, we're we're missing out on the fun Southern California weather, but. It's it's California nonetheless. If you saw a celebrity, Jesse, are you the one that would like, would you take a photo to show your friends? A real celebrity? Or I'll say this, I'm not a photo guy. No, he's not I'm a photo experience guy. guy. He's, I, a, I don't, I, he's a chat him up guy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because that's the thing. If you go if you go in kind of guns blazing photo, it kind of you, you you tip your hand. You know what I mean? Mm, Where mm-hmm. if you're the type that uh you, you know, but if you're just chatting and acting like a normal person. You know, it, it, it really, it, it helps you. I, I remember years ago, um, I was, I was actually here and I was at Amoeba Records. Have you guys been to Amoeba? It's a big record store. Best, in, best in record LA. store in the world. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was with a buddy and we're just kind of hanging out. And I mean, this is right. This is like in the era of like forgetting Sarah Marshall, you know, mm. and I was looking through, I don't know, a, a, a DVD rack or something. And Russell Brand walked up and started asking me about it was it was Simpsons DVDs. And he started asking me about the Simpsons. And we sat there for probably half an hour just talking it up about the Simpsons. If I would have said, hey, man, can we get a pick? It would have ruined the whole vibe. You know, one time I I sat and I I was flying out of here one time and I I sat, you know, uh, right in front of me with Bob Saget. And as soon as we got off the plane, I was like, dude, I'm I'm. I'm yeah, exactly. What a legend. And I was like, I'm not going to miss the opportunity to talk to Bob Saget. Did I come out with my phone taking pics? No, I talked to him about dirty work. The film with Norm Macdonald or another <laughs> RIP that he directed that was criminally underrated. And I let him know how underrated it was. And he very much appreciated that. And oh, then I told I him that, that then I told him that he was my wife's favorite celebrity because of America's funniest own video, which kind of ruined the vibe a little. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> uh, but still, if I had gone in with the pick, I wouldn't have the story you know right yeah it's it's like oh you're my mom's favorite celebrity it's like well, well <laughs> no. thanks dude like what about you i mean like yeah. <laughs> i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah but look i'm gonna be i think he appreciated the candor you know so yeah. anyway. i don't like you but i'm uh, but i'm related to somebody who likes you <laughs> she doesn't have as good a taste as me but i figured i'd let you know somebody that i, I mean, know likes you <laughs> obviously bob saget you're not my favorite celebrity right. obviously but, but, but my, wife, say this. my wife who's kind of lame and not as cool as me she loves you <laughs> she grew up watching Mar- you know afv man and it was you know just a big thing in her house so hey, this is cool this is cool be on your way friend be on your way you know <laughs> listen i'm gonna be about to pop in this cheesecake factory want to grab a slice i don't know if you have these new fried mac and cheese balls they got going, but uh, on me, on me, on me. We'll split them. Well, yeah, actually, Jesse, what's I your- haven't been to a cheesecake factory since like maybe high school, like maybe high school prom or something. Is the menu yeah. still as large as it was then, where there's like 800 pages of items to buy? 
Yeah, and and the, the you know when the menu has advertisements like full page ads <laughs> that, that because they have to subsidize the printing of it. You know it's a, a sizable menu, but yeah, that's still the thing. Okay. Um, and they Good still have know. like Good ads for local businesses. I was at dinner with my family the other night, and I I, I went into a bit about the Cheesecake Factory because I too haven't been there in twenty years, and I went into a similar bit to what Jesse just did. And I and and I and my kid is like, I've never been to the Cheesecake Factory. And I was like, exactly because. <gasps> you go there and you get a salad and it's like 4,000 calories, but don't don't. And like, and my mom like gets offended because apparently I did not know this. They go there regularly. And she was like, (laughs) no, they have a new light menu now. And you can delicious menu. Yes, exactly. And you can (laughs) eat for 550 calories. And I was like, you cannot. You can't even get a roll for 550 calories. And she's like, you can too. Anyway, so apparently they have they have evolved, uh, Jamie, but not, not that well, much. Well, I will say this, though. I, I don't know if this is, because I see this at, at restaurants, especially when I travel. It's, I know this is not, I don't know if it's a law here, but they have calories on the menu. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And it, it was like, because I, this is, I don't, I don't know if Jason, use, use the edit button liberally in post here for, for, <laughs> for a cheesecake factory calorie uh, uh, conspiracy theory that I'm going to throw out here. Ooh. But I, I, you know, it's not like I'm watching my calories, but when you see them in front of oh, you, it's shocking. And you see, and it's like, well, this is double that. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to make a reasonable and it, and it was happy hour. So they had, so I had like the little truncated menu and, and, and the sliders. Okay. Were, uh, you know, on the menu and they claimed that the three sliders were 800 calories. Okay. Which I was like, you know, that seems reasonable considering like the, the, the tacos, the fish tacos were like 1100 or whatever. So I was like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the sliders. It can't go wrong. You know? They brought out three, and I'm picturing sliders. You know, you're thinking little half dollar size, little bun. Mm-hmm. You know, little, little yeah. They bring out three full size cheese, like burgers. <laughs> like if this was McDonald's, <laughs> it was, a, and they were stacked. Like I was shocked. Like I, I was like, th- th- it is literally like you brought me three quarter pounders right now, and I was like, there is no way. There is no way that these sliders are 800 cat. Like the, the, that if each. I ate everything on this it's plate, each. what if each was? Yeah. That can't be, that cannot be, that cannot be correct. Like each. they could not have said that. I, 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 it had to be, but that seems deceptive. Yeah, like, it does. I'm telling you, it, it was, there's, there's something fishy. I don't Who's regulating the calorie count? They can just write <laughs> anything and no one would check. I'm, I'm convinced when I saw these cheeseburgers, like there's no way that's 800 calories, you know, but, uh, but either way, it's pretty good value. I wonder if it's technically like, uh, one of those, like it's 800 calories per serving. And then like, you know, clearly it's three servings sort of a thing, you know, but like, they're just saying 800 calories per serving to make it more sellable, you know, but like what they don't tell you is like that, that salad is 1100 calories per serving, but they bring you a huge salad. And so they're saying, well, it's clearly like a four person serving. Yeah. It's four (laughs) servings per salad bowl, but you know, that's how they get away with it. But Mm. anyway, but, but, but Hey, I know other, other than me, you know, being very suspicious of the accuracy of the calorie count, no complaints about cheesecake factory. It's been a while. So listen, I like cheesecake factory. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? It's okay, delicious. Okay, apparently the people who haven't been in 20 years. I cannot believe you've never taken your okay. son 
That's a well, crime. Well, I, I actually, I would like to recant what I said because I did end up there a couple of like years ago with one of my kids after we'd been to the mall and we were hungry. We ended up at Cheesecake Factory. And so I would like to take yeah, all that away. It's a classic post-mall meal. It's in the mall. So, you know, yeah. you're just, you're shopping. Mm-hmm. There you are. It was probably Christmas. To me, to me, to the, the Cheesecake mall? Factory is the scene from Step Brothers where the stepdad has had enough of the families and the fighting and on Christmas Eve says, that's it. I'm going to the Cheesecake Factory. I'm having a drink. And he leaves the family. And then he that's where he goes. He goes to the Cheesecake Factory on Christmas Eve to be alone with his thoughts. And and the family's so falling yep. apart. Yeah, that's the Cheesecake Factory to I, me. I, let me say this, too. And my menu experience was limited. Like I said, I was sticking to the happy hour menu. But... What I appreciated was the, they, they cut right to the chase. There was no like Rudy Tooty Fresh and Fruities. There was no menu item that you want to order, but there's no dignified way to actually order. You're too say embarrassed it. to say it to the waiter or waitress, you know, like, you know, crispy Baja, uh, um, you know, um, a Reba Blast nachos. And it's like, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just, you know, <laughs> I think Cheesecake Factory figured out people people got over that a long time ago. It just says straight up what the ingredients are. You know, it's like salad with grilled chicken. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. That's what Done. I'm ordering. I appreciated that about their, their menu approach. They're growing up. Look at that. I'm changing with the times. All right. That's it for your Cheesecake Factory advertorial segment. <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll move the show along. Stay tuned up next. It's Relevant Buzz. Come to the BCC. You're listening to Nothing But Thieves. The song is Welcome to the DCC. Season four of The Chosen is in theaters now, and the reviews that count are in. Amazing. Did not disappoint. Flurry of emotions. It was powerful, heartbreaking, uplifting. You have got to come and see it. It is a message for everybody. I highly recommend that you come out and see The Chosen season four. Episodes one through three of The Chosen season four are in theaters till February 14th. So visit thechosenriseup.com and get your tickets now. That's thechosenriseup.com for tickets today. Okay, it's time for... Relevant Buzz. Okay, Emily, tell us what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture this week. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on this week. Um, the first thing I want to start with is this really interesting study that came out. Um, nearly half of Americans now wait for an entire series to end before they start watching it. And I'm, I'm curious, wait, do you guys do wait, wait, this? Wait, wait, or do you- wait. No, you and I got, we were talking about this the other day. Now, is it an entire series to end or an entire season to end? So the study looked at both, but this, this specific statistic is they wait until the entire series to end. Because I wait series. for the whole season to end all the time. I wait for the whole mm-hmm. se- season to end. I'm doing that right now with The Mandalorian. I'm doing it with a bunch of yeah. them. But you're saying they wait till the show is canceled. That's years. 
Well, is it years? That's bizarre. So because there's been so many recent cancellations, like there's tons of shows that they only get one, maybe two seasons. And so, you know, I it makes sense to me because like I'll add a show kind of to like my my two watch list. Right. And then I want to wait at least till the season comes out. But then by the time the full seasons comes out, I maybe forget about it. I'll pick it up eventually. But then once I hear, oh, actually, it didn't make it past the first season. It's like, well, I'll go ahead and watch it now because I know this is all I'm not going to have to keep up with it. It's not going to be like a Grey's Anatomy situation where I'm about to invest 45 years of my life with it. Yeah. It's like, okay, this is one weekend. Um, Well, we did that last year. Remember y'all we watched Aaron and I watched Breaking Bad. And so we had never, I had never seen it. And we watched the entire series last summer. And I cannot imagine if I would have taken, how many years was that on? Oh, like, Seven or eight, yeah. Right. I mean, it was yeah. pr- they really milked those last couple seasons. I mean, they spread mm-hmm. them out like, yeah. yeah. I, I will say this, though. There, I, I understand people's impulse to just want to be able to watch at their own pace. But uh, there was a couple shows, like Better Call Saul was a week-to-week show, you know? And But the thing is, like, basically, uh, you know, a few months after the each season would end, they would put it on Netflix and you could watch it at your leisure. I would watch week-to-week. And I kind of like the week to week experience, you know, I know like Disney does that where, you know, they, they're more of a week to week, you know, like Loki. I, I, I really like mm-hmm. Loki and I would look forward to the day that it would release, you know, and it kind of gave me like I would come home on. Uh, this sounds lame, probably. I mean, this sounds about as cool as me spending a, a, an afternoon in L.A. at a, a cheesecake factory. <laughs> but um you know, I would come home like on 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 like Thursday Thursday night or Tuesday night or whatever, and be like, "Oh, I'm looking forward to the new." It gave me something to look forward to the week to week. I I, I kind of appreciated the old school week to week. I don't know. I know I'm like that with Vanderpump Rules right now. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> we do week to week on shows that we're watching. Like Succession's about to come back out, and mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. we will watch that as soon as it comes out, and then wait for the next week. But I do think I it's in, I do think it's interesting. Yeah. No, I do think it's interesting that what almost fifty percent of people wait for the whole series to be ended before they'll even start it. And and, and it, the study drilled into it. And it was because people are so hesitant to start something because so many shows are getting canceled midstream that they don't mm. want to invest any time into it, get connected, and then get the rug pulled out from under them. So they're just completely waiting. And I think that is a lesson for the studios that the this thing that they're doing right now is like burning them and and people are like saying no thank you and they're just sitting on the sidelines until they know what's going to happen like i i started watching apple doesn't do it very much because they they don't have the same financial model as a lot of the other streamers like apple and amazon aren't yanking shows away hbo and some of the other ones have been um because they just don't have the same uh, business model, but um, I, I did watch Mosquito Coast. Uh, it was I was been watching it. It's a good show. I mean, it's not one of their best, but it's it's a good prestige show. It's not the best prestige show, but a good a lower tier prestige show is still better than a normal show. It's, it's a good show. Anyway, two seasons. Cliffhanger got canceled. <laughs> and oh I'm just gosh. like, I invested two years into this thing. And it's just like, what happens to the family? They're like, they're trapped. And then like, who knows? Anyway. Oh, well, yeah. It's like, so I get it. If I would have known that that was going to happen, I would have been, I wouldn't have invested 16 hours of my life into this, this story, you know? So anyway. To end on a cliffhanger. Emily, yeah. I have a qu- like, so we, 
uh, you know, I say we collectively, you, you probably had a different TV watching experience in your formative years than, than we did just, you know, mm -hmm. by virtue of, 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 of age. Do you have memories of watching shows week to week or does that seem not like a foreign concept, but like one that is outside the norm? Um, no, I mean, I definitely did that. I would say because I think streaming channels really didn't get big until like later high school, college for me. So like all growing up, it was always weekly. Um, like I had to, you know, I had to wait and stuff. Um, so, cause I watched the office growing up. So I'm like one of the, the only people my age who I did wait week to week and season to season for things to come out versus all my friends who watched the office all in college. And I remember them complaining about how long it took for Jim and Pam to get together. And I was like, I actually waited years for them to get together. So please stop talking. Um, yeah, you don't know. You don't know nothing. You waited two weeks like, for it yeah. to happen. I waited like four years. Um, so I like I. I totally get um, the week to week thing. It is really tricky because I am naturally like a binge watcher. And so I do want mm -hmm. to just be able to watch the whole series, not have any questions about like what's going to happen next or um, how are the char characters going to end up. Um, but I, to your point, like I watched all like the Marvel shows. I did love going on each like Twitter each week and kind of seeing collectively like, okay, how are we all feeling about this episode? How do we, what do we think is going to happen next? Like there is this like cultural moment, um, that I think is really fun. And if you wait until the series is over, you kind of miss out on a lot of that. Um, I will say, I do think a lot of shows also have way less like seasons and episodes. So I get wanting to wait till the series like jamie you even mentioned secession it this is its mm -hmm. final season it only had four seasons mm -hmm. you know and there's mm -hmm. a, each episode or each season is not like 25 episodes or anything like that like there's shorter seasons there's shorter series in general so i i sort of get why people Which are i waiting. like because i'm like i don't have to give my whole life to something right right just a portion of it right so i o think only to jesus yeah, only to amen. jesus gets my whole life mm -hmm. um so yeah i i can see why people want to like it's not that hard for them to wait because it's like, well, it's only going to be a two to three season show one because everything gets canceled or because like with Secession, I think they like intentionally ended it with four seasons. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think like I can't did, remember yeah. the last time a show within the last few years has really gone past like, I don't know, more than five seasons. I feel like so many shows that have started within the last few years, like they are intentionally being cut short. Which I do appreciate because I there are some shows that it's like you should have ended a long time ago. You know what? Ago. That's true. Okay, this is a good point. So people are sitting, half of the viewers are saying, I know that you're going to do eight or 10 episode seasons. You're going to wrap up in three to five years or three to five seasons. So I'll just wait till you're completely done mm -hmm. and then I'll watch you. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. It's a completely different viewing cycle. Because yeah. really the whole series is essentially... I mean, think back in the day, a season of The Office was 24 episodes. Mm -hmm. that that's a whole, whole series thing. now, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you chop that up, yep. that's four seasons of six episodes, you know? I mean, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, before we move on, Jesse, have you seen Outlast on Netflix? No. Is it, it give me, give me the uh, quick it is, it is, is this is so up your alley, dude. It's, they drop okay. 20 people out into the, uh, out into Alaska and they have to outlast each other. That's it. I mean, it, it basically like alone. 
It's alone. No, but the winner, but but they but they have to break into teams, and the only way you can win is if you're in a team. So if you go off on your own lone wolf, you can't win the million dollars. So you have to win as a team. So there's a whole team dynamic, which is really interesting. And so. See, how long like is there a limit though no because what if someone's like what if one team's like dude we're here man like that's the whole point like we we will start a life here like (laughs) raise families like this is there is no end for us we will outlast when it whittled down to just two teams left and and it was looking like that was going to happen and the production crew clearly wanted to go home to their families uh they were like they dropped a uh thing into both camps and said okay there's a uh, a prize at this other island and the first team to get it wins the million that's bucks. Lame. That's and- lame. That is not the premise. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the premise. So they both had to pack you- up their camps and go on a quest. You know, That but- is not what we signed up for <laughs> exactly. as viewers. I know. But it's like, we gotta wrap this up, guys. You've been here two months. I wanna see them I wanna see them grow old. I wanna see I wanna tune back into Outlast like four years like four years from now and just check in to see how they're doing. You wanna like, see no, your no, kids they're, graduate they're, from high school. They're like building infrastructure. Like they have like whole they have a whole city you know that's just springing up from this game show that's that's what we signed up for it is false advertising if there's a race involved i would like 10 years from now i want to be like oh, i wonder how those guys in alaska are doing oh they're doing great oh, oh, yeah, they built a school but but i'll tell you what happened is like i'm sitting there watching it go man jesse would really like this show because it's it had so many components of survival skills like alone combined with team strategy da 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 it had all this stuff it was a, it's a great show it's a lot of fun it was funny as i was watching it and then i just happened to be on twitter and i saw people tweeting like man outlast is such a great show or whatever so other people were watching it too and uh anyway i got done with it and i was like sad and i was you know it was a saturday and i was like man what other shows are like this? I need to scratch the, more of this itch. And I'm in, you know, just sit alone on a Saturday in the city. And I'm not like able to scratch this itch of survival content. Right. So yeah. I, I went and I, and I started watching survivor for the first time, like the, the lame CBS show game show. I've never watched it. What? Never, it's an institution, man. <laughs> I know. I figured it's popular. I should check this show out because it's yeah. so popular. So I started watching it. I can't it's stop so watching it. I cannot it's stop. so good. I'm watching Survivor every minute that I'm not working or at a magic game for the last two weeks. I'm watching Survivor. I cannot and stop watching what, Survivor. What? Guess what? There's like 47 seasons you can Dude, catch up on. <laughs> I have watched in the last two weeks. I've watched like six of them. I'm watching yep. it. If I'm not eating with my son or at a magic game or working, I'm watching Survivor. I is Mark Burnett has made a genius show. This is amazing. <laughs> yep. Hey, I don't know if y'all have heard about the show called Survivor, but it's you need to watch Survivor. Seasons. <laughs> it's like 25 years old. I know. It's so yeah. good. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a take on Survivor, too, that it, it is poised to become like to overtake golf at, in like American sport. Because I consider I think Survivor is basically a sport, right? Because. I mean, it's certainly a competition that involves mm-hmm. athleticism and strategy, right? Like, I feel like those are two major components. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, but I mean, it's, it's part of, but it's within the context of a game, right? Saw, like, but you know what? I'm watching a season now where like one of the girls is a pastor and I'm going, you're not being a good representation of the ministry right now. You are straight up duplicitous. You are literally breaking so many things that Jesus told us to live like. You are not representing my faith very well. Please hey, hey, stop listen. putting the pastor As word on the screen, out please. Outlast, outplay. Okay. That's but right. Yeah. There's an eternal reward or damnation <laughs> on the other side of this. I'm sorry. Anyway, go listen, ahead. Listen, we all we all have poor witnesses sometimes. She's just looking out. She's trying to get that million bucks. Hers is just very <laughs> public. Right, <laughs> just to go ahead. Yeah, that, that's like Cameron. That's like playing Monopoly. And when someone lands and you're about to bankrupt someone, being like, you know what? You're a Jubilee. I forgive your debts. It's like, this game's going to last forever, Jesus. <laughs> like, I get it. I get it. We're sp- <laughs> Sometimes you just got to let it go. But but this is gonna this is gonna last for literally forever if we take that approach. No, but I think I literally think it, it is like poised to be like the the next great American sport. I mean, it kind of already is. But it's you know, a game. It's not a people- sport. It's a game. It's like that's like saying any other, you know, it's not a sport. It's a game. I mean, we can get into the nuances of the difference. I, well, I, 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 I don't know. I mean, look, there it's sporting, right? There's athleticism. There is there is competition. There is strategy. It's puzzles. And people do it. It's puzzles. <laughs> but, but I mean, esports. What about esports? Esports is, I, is video I, I, games. That's gaming. Puzzles. That's gaming. Hey, but you know those I do puzzles, not think that those, sports. Those pieces are heavy, Cameron. You yeah. got to pick them up and pick them from the water, from the bottom Listen, of the ocean, and carry them all the way to the knot, front. Or if untying a knot is involved, it's not a sport. It is a okay, game. You I'm say sorry. That until it's a double you knot. get on Survivor and you can't untie a knot. Yeah. It's a game. Yeah. I, I, it's gaming. It's gamesmanship. It is not a sport. I'm sorry. But anyway, go ahead. No, we we could we could split hairs here all day. But all, all <laughs> that I'm would be a game like, on Survivor. Okay, the first team to split <laughs> hairs and make it to the end. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it is. But but what I'm but what I'm saying is like it, it has gotten to the point where people watch it like they watch a sporting event. Like they all gather around. They all have a take. They all have their favorites. It it really has evolved into quite the quite the TV institution, that, the f- and I'm glad you're finally discovering it. The funny Cameron. thing is, is like watching watching it is like I mean, there's all these 25 year olds uh, competitors who literally grew up watching it, and they oh, yeah. know all these games, and they like literally like this was formative in their lives, and is, they're on the show now and playing it like this was a like. Like you, Jesse, growing up watching something and then you're in the, you know, in the world yeah. is like, is so funny to me. Like to me, I would just be like, okay, I'm on a TV show now, you know, whatever. Like, no, they, to these kids, it was like, now they're full on adults. They literally been watching this show for 20 years. And it's just funny saying, you know, there's like, there's like different strategies that people employ throughout, you know, because they're students of the game. Yeah, yeah that's what know? I'm saying. Like they, they, oh, in season 17, you know, Donald did that thing and I learned how to solve that puzzle because I saw him do it that way. And yeah. then Julie did this thing to her and I'm going to double cross her because Julie did that and d- pulled a r- switcheroo on this. And My favorite is when they don't tell what they actually do in real life because I'm always mm. like, oh, that's good. Okay, so you're actually, you're a like a SWAT guy, but you're not going to tell anybody because right. then they're going to want to get you out. That's my favorite when there's when they have to kind of lie about mm. what they do. Ooh, Interesting. Yeah. Maybe the pastor should have done that yeah. because I don't like that she was <laughs> right. making the pastors look bad. 
but but anyway. it's a you know there's a lot of game shows too that have have a, especially now that some of them are available on streaming it's you know people are you know employing new strategies to try to beat them like jeopardy for example mm. you know there's some game theory that has changed the way people play jeopardy it used to be you you pick the the top one in a category just kind of go vertically down you know what i mean like that was just sort of the decorum of the game i'll take you know potent potables for 100 alex you know and then you go 200 and then you go now that you, you know either people will start at the bottom and go for the highest and pick off like the the, the 500s off the board or they do this i read this whole thing one time how they they, they pick different spots on the boards just hunting daily doubles mm -hmm. and like have and but a lot of it has come down to people can watch episode after episode document where all the daily doubles are what the what strategies that a winners employ and it's really changed the way people play games like jeopardy wheel of fortune price is right because they do have decades of data to show them what the most effective strategies are which i think it kind of makes the games more fun to watch you know I, there's a documentary on netflix about a guy who documented the prices on the prices right for yeah, 10 years that. And then, like, they had repeat items, mm. and oh, he I knew the exact prices of certain stuff, and he was in the audience one day when a repeat item came up. He knew the exact price of it. He happened to get called up, and he knew the exact <sighs> price, and he nailed it, and he, won he ended up winning the game because he had a spreadsheet of knowing the exact prices and stuff. And Anyway. All right. <laughs> what's going on, Relevant Buzz? What else you got this week, Emily? <laughs> yeah. Um Nothing like bleeding current and for current faith and culture, like Survivor and The Price is Right. Anyway, don't forget Jeopardy. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll bring it back to Gen Z. Let's let's talk about Gen Z because um, some new data come, has come out that young unmarried couples are moving in together at higher rates than ever, um, but. Like not for the reason that a lot of people may think. Bow, check it, bow, yeah, bow. not for that. I mean, I'm sure that is a factor, but um, mm -hmm. uh, according to new data, more than 11 percent of unmarried Americans aged 18 to 24 cohabitated with a romantic partner who wasn't their spouse last year. Um, so that's about 3.2 million people, which is roughly 650 thousand more than before the pandemic. So, do they say why? Yes. Is it just high rent or? Finances. The biggest uh, thing is finances, just everything's so expensive. Um, and so, you know, these couples are like, well, we're already spending so much time together. Let's just move in, save on rent. Um, and so, yeah, mo like more and more uh, Gen Z couples um, are moving in together to save money. What's interesting is about 42% of the couples who moved in regretted it. Uh, they cited a mm. bunch of different reasons. The biggest one being about, almost half of it is about 48% ended up breaking up after they moved in together, which, you know, okay. makes it really awkward when you're living with someone you just broke up with. Um, so it's just interesting that they're trying to save money, trying to be, you know, smarter about it. Um, and it just kind of backfires for about half of them. Um, so it's literally almost half of them break up. So it's yeah. a it's a coin flip. Yeah. So which not, honestly not the, not the best odds, everybody. When you said this story, I was gonna think that you were gonna say like twenty upper twenties, but eighteen to twenty-four, I mean, if we're honest, like most of those relationships are not gonna make it. Right. That is that is some young kids, right. you know? And so that mm -hmm. is that's not surprising to me that half of them 
like broke up yeah. and didn't make it. But I was surprised at how young this survey was about cohab- cohabitating. Mm-hmm. Obviously, not everyone goes to college. I don't believe that at all. And I don't think everyone should go to college. But it is a young age to be like, oh, I'm just going to choose like a, a girlfriend to live in. And like, I would think it would be more like roommates, roommate. you yeah. know, like, oh, there's six of us girls mm-hmm. getting together and we're going to get a house together. Uh, that feels a little bit more cost effective even. So yeah. it was a little surprising to me, honestly, the young age. Yeah. So it's definitely a shift. Be interesting to see what yeah. happens. Um, I, I thought it was interesting too how young they were because I, I felt the same way. I was like, do you yeah. guys not have any friends y'all can live with? But, um, mm-hmm. I, you know, maybe this is going to be a sliding shift. Like it'll, it'll keep shifting. And in about five years, we'll be talking about, you know, 48% of 13 to 19 year olds are oh cohabitating. God, I now. hope and not. Maybe this will be, <laughs> and then, and then 10 years Babies from now, living together, you know, 48, 48% uh-huh. of six to 12 year olds are now living just, with their girlfriends. We're all, we're all just one big commune at that point. You know, we're, we're going to live in Alaska. We're going to move to Alaska. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, the only, listen, the only sustainable rent I have is to join the game show Alaska and start a new life Alaska. It's called Alaska. in the, in the Alaska wilderness on the dime of a production company. There's for Netflix, literally no you know? rent, no rent. They give you a tarp. That's all you need. Apparently. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, and a crabbing, you get a crabbing pot. If you win a competition, you get a crabbing pot. That's all you need. Live off the land. All right. What else do you have, Emily? Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is uh, the last of us star, Bella Ramsey, her old YouTube account recently resurfaced. And have you all is- watched the last of us? It just wrapped up. My fam, two of my kids, my- Aaron and the kid is, but I haven't. Are you going to okay. wait till the series is over to watch it? Huge. I, hit. It, it has zombies. In- is that zombies in it? Yeah, it's like a post-apocalyptic thing. I'm kind of out. I don't really. Okay, that's not, not your vibe. Thing. Yeah, I. That's not my I vibe. I started. I'm like, dude. I are we are we doing another one of these? I, I get it's <laughs> yeah. great, and and I and I, I don't great. disparage. I've heard it, same thing, and I watched a little bit. But I'm also like, dude, we just we've we've done this. Jamie, I've, I've done so much zombie gonna, content. Jamie, we're gonna give you a connection point to okay. one of the actresses. Yes. Now, so maybe you're gonna want to watch it after you. Okay, hear this. that's what I need. That's what I need. Yeah. I need like show me right. why I want to love this. Carry on. Um, okay, so Bella Ramsey, she is she plays like the young girl, the main young girl. Mm-hmm. I know who she okay, is. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, her old YouTube account recently surfaced, and it is full of o- old meaning two years ago, like during lockdown. Because she's like twelve. Yeah, yeah. Right. She's Her old YouTube account from yeah. 2020. Yeah. <laughs> like, from 2020. Yeah. yeah, during the pandemic, um, she pretty much every single day posted either a co- like a cover of a worship song or some sort of like faith inspiration message. Um, and so oh, no, I do love her. Yeah, it's really sweet. Um, it was called United Hope. Um, and she kind of just shared like she felt like the Lord was leading her to give some encouragement during the lockdown uh, that she was dealing with in London. Um, and so she posted these worship clips um, and these little messages. She's saying, she's saying reckless love mm-hmm. and oceans. And here, here's a clip. <laughs> I love that. 
Yeah. It's yeah, really cool good for her, man. And good for her success. So, you know, yeah. like it is, that is a big, it, it is so hard in the modern media landscape to have like a legit hit that <clears throat> even if you don't watch, you're aware of, and mm-hmm. you, you're that, that is that, you know, kind of inserts itself into the, the cultural discourse. It's really hard and good for her for, for being able to be a part, a big part of that. I mean, she's one of the big, mm-hmm. you know, kind of breakouts of the show. So you if, know? if you're somebody out there who has a dream of being a big Hollywood star, the lesson is start a YouTube channel, cover Hillsong, worship, Hillsong United worship songs, and uh, you'll get discovered. You I mean, that's, that's inevitable. Yeah. Wor- worst case scenario, you can go to a Christian college because I'm pretty sure that's what most of them do in the dorms these days. Yeah. Anyway, you yeah. know, or sit out in the quad and do the same thing. Just have your friend put on TikTok and uh, you'll probably there get you discovered. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Probably. All right. Uh, what's the last one? I know you want to mention this one. I've I know been, it's coming. You know, I've been saving the best is for it last. Taylor Swift. It is yes. Taylor Swift. Um, but it's not the stuff you think. Um, unfortunately, we're not going to talk about the Eras tour. Uh, I will talk about that probably at a later date. Uh, but no, Taylor Swift has used her powers for everyone's good. Uh, she has briefly reunited the Civil Wars. Oh, yes. I texted you about this. Former Emily. Yes. relevant cover stars, the Civil Wars. Yes. So the day before her tour kicked off, um, she announced that she would be re- releasing four songs. Um, you know, she's been re-released. She's been re-recording a lot of her old songs um, and she's been releasing them on albums and stuff. But these four she released as singles. And one of them is a song called Safe and Sound, which was originally featured on the Hunger Games soundtrack. Um, and it features the Civil Wars. Um, and so she re-recorded it and she got the band that broke our hearts back in 2014 when they announced their breakup. She got them Wait, back together. Both of them are on it? Both of them are on yeah. it. Yep. Uh, wow. Joy Williams and John Paul she, White. She reunited them. She did it. I'm telling wow. you, she's too powerful. Um, but yeah, we have a clip of it right here. Just close your eyes. The sun the civil wars so incredible beautiful thank you taylor when they were on our cover it just so happened like exactly when they were in our cover they were coming through orlando on tour and uh like the day the the day the cover released or the week the cover released and so uh our teams like connected and stuff and and uh joy's husband was their manager and so i actually went to the show and and i brought the issue to him i think it was their first magazine cover and so it was like hey here's the you know after the show connected nate came out whatever and um, is going to go back and see the band and show, bring them the magazine. And they came out after the show and was like, oh, hey, um, they're tired. So I never got to meet them, but um, gave oh, them the magazine, just... gave Nate, gave Nate the magazine. So that story felt like you put investing seasons into a show and then them just canceling it right before your eyes. That's what that but, felt like. <laughs> can, can I be honest with you though? Yeah. That is one of the most unsurprising anecdotes ever because when I hear their music, even that clip, I'm like, they kind of sound tired. 
has that like kind of sleepy uh, affect and i'm like no no i i get it i i've, I've listened to the album they seem I'm very tired. tired you know what i'm like, tired now. Yeah. you know what after I'm, the concert I'm, I'm, i was tired i was ready to go home yeah. i didn't want to say anything yeah. guys i don't know about you guys oh i just heard the new civil war singer. i think i'm gonna take a little man what a ballad i I think their music sounds like sexy. Like it's not like yeah, t- it's, it's like I would call it like I have a term for like baby making music is what I Yeah, that's what I, th- I mean there's the rumor is that's why they broke up, Jamie. Ex- well, I didn't want to say it cuz I, I think mean, they're both great and I love the the band. So I don't know why they broke up because they never bothered to meet me, so I don't know <laughs> firsthand anything. All I know is the rumor mill, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So Maybe. Uh, like I think there's a difference between sultry and sleepy, and I think they are dancing that fine line. Because, <laughs> well, listen, because aren't we all dancing that line? I mean, let's be honest: sultry or sleepy? Come on. It, well, yeah, exactly. It's I'm not, I'm, no. I'm not. I'm just watching Survivor by myself. Leave me alone. <laughs> no, but a, a Civil War song pops up in like a Spotify playlist the other day. I was like, oh, it's been a while since I heard them. And I gotta be honest, about thirty seconds in, I'm like, "All right, let's let's speed it up here, guys. Let's wait, is there a, we got a we got a, a rhythm section. What are we doing? Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm falling asleep at the wheel here. Okay, let's. Anyway, all right, all right, that'll do it for relevant buzz. Uh, for whatever's happened at the intersection of faith and culture each day, check out relevantmagazine.com. Follow us on all the socials. All right, thanks, Emily. All right, stay tuned. Up next, Zach Bolin joins us. listening to Bosch. song is Apple of My Eye. Well, Relevant has a lot happening this year, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Make sure to sign up for our newsletter right there on the front page at relevantmagazine.com, and we'll send you our top five trending stories sent to your inbox every weekday. We'll also send you a weekly uh, podcast newsletter with the latest episodes, some uh, fan extras, and first peeks at the new shows that we're going to be rolling out throughout this year. Make sure to sign up. It's the best way to keep in touch with everything we got going on. Today, we sit down with Zach Bolin from Citizens. The Christian rock band just released their newest album, I Can't Find the Edges of You. They could have called it You're Very Round. Kidding. I Can't Find the Edges of You. Uh, Zach sat down with Emily to discuss the inspiration for their new album and how the band uses their music to overcome their fears. Here's our conversation with Zach Bolin from Citizens. a good place to start would be what was the inspiration behind this album? I mean, you know, it's, I'm sure a lot of people are like this. I've never had this conversation specifically about this with other artists, but I mean, I don't know that I necessarily set out to, with a specific idea in mind, but then 
I realized though, the first song that I that kind of clicked for me was the song Everything and More. And I wrote that, I started writing that probably just before the pandemic started. And then Taylor Linhart, who wrote on that song as well, she and I, I did my first Zoom write ever, and that was with her. Because um, <laughs> that was the, that was, you know, now what, that was what life had become with the pandemic. And once that song was written, I realized now in hindsight that it was almost like, I've kind of described it as that movie Memento, if you've ever seen that movie. Where, you know, it's like I started at the end and then I spent the next two years of writing to figure out how I got there. Um, and really the place was seeing that m so many, I don't know, so much of my idea of God and faith and everything was just kind of, I had this, I don't know, maybe more tunnel vision than I realized or it was boxing things in in a way that created... Um, not a lot of space for imagination, not a lot of space for mystery, not a lot of space for, um, I don't know. And, and, and I would say this, like even leading up to that, I, I would say even if you were to take five years back from that, there had been a lot of growth for me in that area. But even still, I think there was like this wall that I needed to kind of push through a little bit more. And that was confronting a lot of my own um, just kind of allowing certain traditions and structures and different things to sort of frame my idea of God rather than um, kind of just accepting there's a lot of things that are just hard to put words to. And that's really where that I can't find the edges of you came from because that's, it's not exactly that lyric, but in everything and more, um, we I sing, uh, I won't find the edges of you. And so then we just change it to I can't find the edges of you. Which, uh, which maybe we should have sang in some anyway. But um, anyway, that that's kind of where where that all started. If you're willing, I'd love to hear like you know you mentioned like it was kind of like years leading up to that. What was going on in your life that was like kind of leading you to? sort of wrestling with these things because I think that's something a lot of people have felt or at some point have felt but it's not talked about a lot um, so if you're willing I would love to hear yeah. as deep as you want to go totally so I mean 2014 I would say that was the beginning of me going on a pretty um, I don't know people I, I hear people like afraid of this word or they're annoyed by it or they want to reframe it but I'll just at the time it wasn't a buzzword it just is what it was but or was what it was but deconstruction <laughs> and I was going through my point of that and there were a lot of things going on we were part of a church that had ended I had a friend of mine whose daughter was dying of an inoperable brain disease um, there were a lot of hard family things going on and um I just was really starting to kind of ask the questions of like, what what is all this about? Why is my life all of a sudden just feel like everything's in flux and friends around me in flux? And and that and it's not always that way, but at the time it just felt like that, right? 
but I'm grateful for it because it sent me on this journey of really questioning and asking a lot of a lot of stuff and having to it humbled me a lot because I always remember there was this one time where I used to work at a church I don't anymore but um, somebody came to me with a lot of questions about the Bible and the whole time I, I wasn't we weren't necessarily arguing but I was just trying to like prescribe all these things that they should do and all these things they should read and i walked away from that conversation feeling like okay yeah, i did the right thing whatever but then years later i really regretted that because what i recognized was that two things one i was doing that because he was just asking a lot of the same questions i was asking i was just afraid of what the answer might be or i was afraid that there just might not be an answer and then um, I, the second thing was just recognizing that when we're any one of us are in that space, like what we don't need is someone to hand us a books, a, a stack of books to read. It really is something that a lot of people have related to. Um, And I think that, um, yeah, like you said, I think your album really touches on a lot of those like feelings and emotions um, that a lot of people have. Uh, I'm curious, as you were like working on the album, was it a little like therapeutic for you in any way? A hundred percent. But I feel like writing in general is that for me, you know, like Mm -hmm. I, I really just since, I mean, honestly, since I, I, I think I wrote my first song when I was like seven or something. And not that it was a good song at all. It was probably terrible. In fact, I I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember whatever lyrics I wrote, I was so proud of it. And then one of my friends was like, dude, that's like the same melody to this other song. And it it sure enough was like, I just completely ripped off of it. But, um, (laughs) but regardless, it was me processing through something. And that's just been my whole life. And I feel like, music has been therapy for me um i lost my dad when i was six and no matter what i do that is such a huge part of my life still it's still is something i think about a lot as a dad now as a husband is just you know you get older and you start thinking about different things and so music has just been a massive way for me to be able to kind of work out a lot of the things that I can't always articulate very well in a conversation. I mean, even in this, like I'm such a verbal processor. I'm not like one of those people that can just like precisely say the thing. I need songs to do that. (laughs) And so this record was a way for me to be able to just to be able to kind of work out so many of the things that I was thinking about. And I mean, the uh, the thing that's interesting is I had a lot of questions. Turned out I didn't have a whole lot of th- ways to answer them. So I found that m- probably really a lot of these songs, if you listen, as you listen to them, are more coming from the place of like, I would say like confessional, if you will, or just kind of admitting more of, okay, I just, I, I want to live with my hands a little more open. And so it's more just a lot of words to just simply say, you know, my hands are open, my eyes are open, and I'm, I want to I want to experience things in a way that I haven't so far.
That was Zach Bolin. Check out Citizen's new album, I Can't Find the Edges of You. It's out now. All right, stay tuned. Up next, it's your feedback. to Nemesis. The song is I Want to Be Your Right Hand. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. All right, it's time for your feedback. Uh, let's see. Last week we asked you for your worst birthday stories. It was we recorded last week. It was my actual birthday, the day we recorded. I wasn't having a bad birthday. I don't know why we were talking about worst birthdays. I had a fine birthday. I think maybe I had a bad birthday. Did I have Did a bad birthday? Why were we talking about bad birthdays? Did I? What happened? I, I don't know why we brought it up. Did I block what out, Emily? Tell no, me. I'm saying, did did I have you a bad block birthday? out that you had a? I I don't know what your birthday was like. I'm saying, did you block out that you had a bad birthday? I don't remember. <laughs> I have a. I've had a lot of diet coke in my life. I have a terrible short term memory, but I don't oh, recall gosh. having a bad Wait, birthday. Can you explain how so, diet coke anyway. means you have a bad memory? I think the aspartame has done something to my short term memory. That is my theory. Interesting. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> You, you have consumed a tremendous amount of Diet Coke. <laughs> tremendous <right>? amount. <laughs> two to six liters a day I since guess. I was eight. That can't be true. Absolutely. Today, you will have two liters of Diet Coke? I go to the CVS on the corner of my neighborhood to buy two, one, one to three, two liters of Diet Coke every day of the week. Cameron, do you think your body is mostly Diet Coke? It's true. Cameron, this can't be healthy. Of course, it's not healthy. I it know it's a problem. Coke, you know so. this. Okay, I don't need to tell you. What At you least know. it's not a liquor store, Jamie. At least it's okay, a CBS. Well, I mean, At this point, okay. it might be better. <laughs> if we had an intervention, I could tell it would go terribly for your Diet Coke. Be like, it's already, we're just simply, I can stop whatever I want to stop. I just don't want to stop. Okay. Okay. It could be worse. (laughs) Jamie, tell Cameron how his Diet Coke consumption consumption has affected you. All right. You hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and told us your your worst birthdays. And there's a bunch of them. Here we go. Well, here's how it's affected me, Jesse. Cameron didn't even remember I was on the show last week. I know. See? See? Diet Coke. My birthday was yeah, so bad, apparently. I totally forgot. I'm so sorry, Jamie. Okay, here we go. Here's some of your stories. Yeah, I was going to say, would love to remain anonymous. <laughs> I can see why. Um, oh, boy. On my t- on my 12th birthday, my dad took me out for a birthday breakfast. And 
and also to confront me for what I was watching on the internet as a 12 year old boy. Needless to say, I did not see that coming. And, oh, um, and to confront, yeah, yeah. confront your child. It's like, dude, dad, can you wait like, one day? One day. Like, I, I get it. It's a conversation that needs to be had. But, uh, you know, give the guy his, his eye hop. 24 hours. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's... That, I feel like that's a lifetime birthday ruiner. Like every birthday you're going to associate with that really awkward, terrible talk. So thanks a lot. Oh this person I'm assuming is, you know, 28 years old now. This 16 years later is still thinking about I, I would this. Be thinking this is about a it core memory. Like, I you know would think I mean? about yeah. it every birthday. Every birthday's ruined. Yeah. What is that? What's that Pixar movie? Like with core memories? This, oh, this Inside Out. Yeah. Gave this child a core yeah. memory. Yeah. Oh, rough. <laughs> Man. Uh, I like Aaron's. On my 30th birthday, just last week, I got a singing telegram by a person dressed in a gorilla suit in St. Patrick's Day wearing where making a whole scene in the neighborhood while school was letting out across the street. That was scarring. I got to be honest, it, the idea of a singing telegram sounds like my worst nightmare. I, I can barely make it through like oh. a dinner where someone sings happy birthday to me. I cannot imagine being surprised with like a gorilla suit. Someone singing me a birthday. I think I would run away. I'll be honest. Like, I, I don't think I could stay there for the whole I thing. I didn't even know singing telegrams were a thing. That's funny. Are they are they actually still a thing? I think you got to pay someone a lot I of know. money. All I think about is Elf. I thought that was like a 1950s thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just feel like I would have a hard time looking at the person in the eye. You know, okay, like yeah. where where am I supposed to look? <laughs> like if if I if a singing telegram showed up at my door, am I am I supposed to look at them in the eye? Yeah. Am I supposed to just look at their mouth singing yeah. the words? Am I supposed to just kind of look all around and absorb it? I I think I would be asking before you start, sir. Where where, where would you prefer I look? Because I feel like if I'm just staring at you in your eyes while you're singing to me in my doorway, it's going to be awkward for us both. So should I just turn around? You know, oh like what's gosh. the deal? I have a hard time with the bir happy birthday song. Like, well, what am I supposed to be looking at for right. these 28 seconds? kind of look around awkwardly. Uh, John said that he was born on his dad's birthday. And when he was turning seven, he wanted to have a birthday party at Chuck E. Cheese. Like, okay, most seven-year-olds do. But his dad wanted to have a party at the beach. And then he said, we went to the beach. My dreams of a Chuck E. Cheese party were destroyed. Now I'm in my 30s. I'm not bitter at all. Oh, okay, John. I'm sorry, but if you're a dad and you have the same birthday as your kid, which our very own Derek Miner does, oh, yeah. by the way. Right, I remember that. You yeah. immediately acquiesce getting your way. Once you have a kid on your birthday, it is forever the kid's birthday. And the party is always for the kid. That's it. Because you're, you're really, done. John's dad could have gone to the beach any day. I mean, you know, yeah. he's a grown man. Yeah, but right. He, yeah, but... Have you guys been to Chuck E. Cheese? Super lame. Let's do it. Uh, it's filthy. They're disgusting. They're absolutely was, disgusting. And they're not fun. And it's terrible pizza. And the beach is is, is a way, is a massive level up. I, I'm on, I'm team dad on this You know, one. the dad was probably like, okay, listen, I'll take you to Chuck E. Cheese when we get back from the beach, you know, but a seven-year-old only remembers my dad stole my birthday party. You know, yeah, they probably yeah. had some kind of deal. Yeah. 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 Well, all right. Uh, I'm surprised this guy's still harboring it. Yeah. <laughs> because I'll say this. If you're the dad, he's like, he's never going to remember. Who cares? Exactly. You know? like, exactly. You're like, he's going to be talking about anything. it on a podcast <laughs> 20 years later. There's a, uh, there's a lot more where that came from for real. Uh, you should go check him out. Look at our mentions mm -hmm. at Relevant Podcast. Okay. It's time for this week's editorial question of the week. Hey. Okay, well, earlier in the show, uh, we got talking about Outlast and Survivor and all these, you know, shows. And uh, it got us thinking about reality TV shows and competition shows. We want your pitch 
for a new Mark Burnett's probably listening. He's a friend of the yes. of relevant. Jesse and I know Mark. Uh, he's probably yeah. listening. He's a diehard fan of the relevant podcast. Yeah, every episode, completist. He's a completionist, <laughs> absolutely. And um, anyway, uh, we want your idea for a new reality competition series. So uh, hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast and tell us your idea. Just tweet it out. Like, do a thread of like a scenario for a. Uh, a, a competition show that you think should exist like uh I, go ahead i have one where you you have to draw a card and okay. on that card is a random animal and you have to live amongst those animals for a week like <laughs> you don't want to get the silverbacks or the grizzly bears you know right. because mm-hmm. that seems like it's gonna but what if you get like sea turtles how's that gonna work okay there you what go. if or, but or what if you get like hamsters penguins. what if you get hamsters Right. And, and, you, and they put you in a giant hamster. <laughs> like, think about that. You might, you might rather have the silverbacks because if you get hamsters, they put you in a giant hamster cage, like the plastic ones with the tubes and the little wood chips. And, uh-huh. but there are thousands of them oh and running all around you. <laughs> that would actually be terrible. One okay. week, one week. Okay. What? Okay. Uh, another show. Maybe uh, you have to go do the job of like like you have to like almost like undercover boss, but like you have to do the job yeah. of something that you've never done before. Like you have to but be a pastor the, for a week, or you have to oh. run a McDonald's for a week, or something like that. Maybe or, I, I got a better. I got. It's called better, like in their lines. shoes. It's called Ooh. in their shoes, and you have Ooh, to go Cameron, do okay. a job that you've never done before. Oh. All right, all right, how about this one? It's called Made the Team, okay? Ooh. And you are... Oh, it's your it's, one? It's some minor, that, it's some minor league team. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah. That, 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 that for a random sport, okay? And all of a sudden... And you don't know what sport it is, okay? Each season, is each episode is a different sport. And if you sign up for the show... You, the, the minor league team is told, "Hey, we just signed like a ringer. This this person came out of nowhere. They're really good, and they're going to be they're going to be on the team." And like, oh great! I guess I'm now a relief pitcher for the the Memphis Jumbo Shrimp Double A team. <laughs> I like or it. I, I like gotta, it. I have to play on this Latvian professional basketball <laughs> team. Or great! Now I'm on the professional bowling circuit. Made the team, and no one knows ex- except for you and the producers that you don't belong there, and you just have to try to, you know, try to fake it. Or you're the I, long I, I snapper. Mean, you're the long snapper for mm-hmm. an XFL team or something like that. A football exactly. Team. Yeah. Who's not watching that? Who is not watching that? Call us up, Mark. I know you're listening. <laughs> I like it. We're cut. Yeah. Anyway, hit us up on Twitter. Tell us your idea for a new reality slash competition show. I would watch that. I that I would watch sitting home alone on a weekend. And uh, I have a lot of those, a lot of free time on my hands. All right, hit us up. Okay, there you go. We'll read our favorites on the show next week. And Mark Burnett Productions will probably pick it up. Uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. Well, before we wrap things up, I want to thank uh, Zach Bolin for joining us. Make sure to check out Citizen's new album. It's called I Can't Find the Edges of You. It is not called Your Round. It's called I Can't Find the Edges of You. Um, it's out now. Go get it. It's great. Uh, hey, if you haven't, if you heard last week's show, you know the new spring issue of Relevant is out now. If you haven't seen it, you got to go see it. It's, it's available now for free at relevantmagazine.com. Just click on the magazine tab right there on the front page. Uh, Michael B. Jordan is the cover story. You might have heard of his new movie, Creed 3. We sat down with him and other 
uh, stars of the film to talk about that project and his story. It's, it's his directorial debut and why this story, he took the franchise in a very personal direction and all this. It's, it's a very redemptive kind of storyline and forgiveness. And it's great. You need to read this and read the feature. I learned a lot, actually. It's really good. Uh, we have other features with Beth Moore, Fits in the Tantrums. We were there at the Asbury Revival, Anna of the North. It's packed. There's a ton of great stuff. You can see the ad-supported version there at the website. But if you want the beautifully designed uh, version, enhanced, it's uh, reminiscent of our print uh, experience, but better because it's uh, it comes to life. We've got some multimedia uh, stuff, but it's beautifully designed for tablets, phones, uh, or your desktop screen. You can subscribe to Relevant Plus and download it immediately. It's right there in your dashboard. Uh, Relevant Plus also gives you an ad-free uh, version of this podcast, an exclusive subscriber podcast, ad-free unlimited reading at relevantmagazine.com and a lot more. It is the best way to experience our content and there is a lot more in the pipeline for 2023. Plans start as low as $250 a month and uh, we'd love the support. You can find out all the information right there at the website. Uh, just click on the Relevant Plus tab at the top of the page. Hey, uh, stay connected. Follow Relevant on, on all the socials for the latest. You can also sign up for our daily newsletter there on the front page of relevantmagazine.com where we send you our top five trending stories to your inbox every weekday morning. There's a lot. We're covering a lot every day. Make sure to stay connected. Okay. On that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron String. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Emily Brown. I'm Jamie Ivey. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. Watch Survivor if you haven't. There's a lot of there's a lot of them. <laughs> it's a new show. It's a, it's a great new show. What, what's this show it's called? called? Survivors. <laughs> Are you saying Survivor? Okay. Yeah, I'll have to Google it. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Lame. It's an institution, man. Relevant Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.